Right then, and we're back for another episode of the Sporting Minds UK podcast. My name's Ollie Westbury and I am the host of the podcast as usual and I am joined by my trusted colleague, Mr Ben Tuig. Unfortunately, today we are without the founder of the charity, Mr Callum Lee, as he is away on charity business and he is also uh, snowed under with uni assignments. He says he's got many to get in in the next two weeks, so unfortunately Cal can't be with us today. We're also working on getting some guests on the podcast in, in the coming days and weeks um, Yeah, to try and... Um, make things uh, spice things up and make things a little bit bit different um but like i say i'm joined by mr twig twiggy um it's been a while since the last episode of the pod um how are you um and what you've been up to where's i'm good mate i'm good a bit tired a bit tired at the moment um i've just been trying to sort my life out i've just moved to bishop Stortford, yeah. the lovely bishop Stortford, and trying to um hold down a numerate numerous amount of jobs in very much different places and i don't know where any of these places are so it's been good <laughs> but it's been challenging doing a lot of coaching and a lot of training yeah so that's good yeah it's been that's interesting good. i remember i remember on um, a previous episode of the podcast you were talking about being unemployed and stuff and now you've got various jobs so that sounds like all good stuff. I can't say I'd heard of Bishop Stortford before you told me that you were um, moving down there. What's that like as a place? It's nice. It's quite posh. Yeah, it's um, you don't <laughs> yeah you don't have to worry about anyone nicking your wallet or anything. It's nice. <laughs> so yeah, I no, it's really nice town. It's quite small, but but busy. It's like dense population. It's quite yeah. dense. Um, I'm about five minutes away from the cricket club. I work at a few primary schools, which are about 10 minutes drive away and a couple of high schools. Oh, that's nice. So, oh, brilliant. Yeah, no, so it's really, really good. Everything's kind of coming together, really, and then just doing a lot of coaching. And I'm training twice a week, which is more than I probably ever did. Best anyway. when fresh. Yeah. Best when fresh. Best when fresh. I need to stop it. Get down to one a week. <laughs> um, but yeah, how have you been? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Um, it's been nice to get back and um, play a little bit, bit of cricket. Um, it's very strange having not not done anything for six months to uh, to get back into it. Um, but it but it was was nice to to play some cricket. Um, I yesterday was actually my my final day um, working on the census project. So my full time employment lasted only four to five months because my contract came to an end. Um, pretty at the end of April, as planned. To be fair, when I started it, but I was very grateful, like I said before, to uh, have something to focus my attention on during a global pandemic. But but no, that's come to an end. So I'll be doing similar stuff to yourself: coaching, um, playing. Um, also, be doing trying to trying to get more episodes of the podcast in. Obviously, we've had a bit of a a three week hiatus. But um, hopefully we can get a few more in and hopefully I'll be doing some media stuff for different outlets and a bit of writing and keeping myself busy. Might even dip my toe back into the, the world of second 11 cricket maybe. I'll, I'll see how I feel about that one when Ooh, it gets closer to the time. You go, Queen. Yeah. Um, we have actually, this is actually our second crack at recording this morning, isn't it, Twiggy? Do you yeah. want to uh, explain <laughs> explain what happened 15 minutes into the foot, to the initial episode of the podcast yeah well where's it just hit me with a quite a big 
political affairs question in in global relations and I didn't really know how to answer it and my cat was staring at me and I'm thinking she's going to jump on the laptop because if anyone has a cat they love laptops and I'm thinking don't jump don't jump and I can't shoo her away because the microphone's on and we're recording so it'd be really weird so then I've watched her jump onto the laptop and clicked cancel recording and then I politely put her down and looked at her with quite some anger and I think she got the gist and she hasn't come back down the stairs since. <laughs> it's all, all no harm done, no harm done for the for, for the cat. Um, obviously, this is the third episode of the pod um, and we've had some very, very good feedback on the first two episodes, um, which we are very, very grateful for. Um, how do you think it's gone so far? I think it's gone well. I, I actually, this is probably, I haven't really told any of you this, I don't listen to them back. I can't. I'm not sure why that doesn't surprise me. Is that because you don't like the sound of your own voice? Yeah, and just like, once it's done, it's done. I can't, I don't know, I just feel like once I've said it, I'll just start nitpicking over what I've said or I should have said this or I should yeah. have said that. And it's just like, I've said it, it's out there, it's recorded. Young William can edit it and yeah. he sends me them over and I just say, yeah, they sound great, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to them back because I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> That's all right. I do actually listen, I do, I do listen to them them back i think the first episode once it was on spotify i was quite proud of the fact that i'd contributed to something that was on spotify yeah. so i had to listen to it in my car with like the name of the podcast on spotify but yeah but yeah no it's um i do listen to, just just to see if there's any bits of editing that, that might need to be done anyway we're procrastinating um today on the podcast we're going to talk about two two topics um Obviously, before in previous times, we've talked about ourselves uh, and our own careers. Today, we're going to move slightly away from that. Um, we're going to talk about two things that are quite topical to current affairs at the moment. Um, one is uh, the biosecure bubbles uh, that are happening in, particularly in cricket, but I think they're happening in sport all around the world. And also, we're going to talk about uh, an article that came up um, recently and uh, Cal mentioned to me about the Premier League aftercare system. I know it's something that myself, um, Twiggy and Cal have, have talked about a lot in terms of um, how Premier League footballers are treated uh, post-playing career. So that's something that we, we, we want to discuss this, this article uh, and this um, potential for aftercare and well-being treatment for, for the footballers that unfortunately don't make, quite make the grade, which obviously has most young people grow up trying to be a footballer it's uh, quite a quite a thing but we're going to start with the biosecure bubbles um i was scrolling through my twitter feed last week and i saw that uh, liam livingston who i'm sure i think we've both played against i think he got absolutely loads of runs against us <laughs> in a in a week <laughs> when we played lancashire um he returned from uh, the ipl uh, I think it was last week, uh, due to bubble fatigue. And that just raises the question that, you know, these athletes have been living in these biosecure bubbles, stuck in the four walls of their hotel for quite a long time now. Uh, and obviously this can have such a such a great effect on your mental health and your well-being. Um, and we just thought 
we'll start a conversation about what our thoughts are on it and there's been a few let's let's say there's a, a few media outlets or, or journalists out there that seem to think that uh, it's a load of nonsense and you should pick your best team regardless of the mental well-being or the, or the health of uh, your players what do you think Twig? Yeah I think that's a load of rubbish to be honest what they're all saying because they're journalists and they're not sportsmen so shut the mouth um, <laughs> yeah, some some of them were former England players. Yeah, I know it's a different time. Then I'm not. Yeah, that was a hat. That was a rash, rash comment. Um, just before we start, Liam Livingston hit me for six, and I reckon it's still going. And it's been about that was about <laughs> four, that was about four years ago, and I don't think it's come down yet. Um, <laughs> nah, I think that was a long week. Yeah, that was a long week. Um, I think, I think players are absolutely right and entitled to make their own decisions regarding their mental health times have changed um and it's not like cricket's changed if if the players i don't know who said it because i don't have social media or anything but it's not 10 pints of lager and a packet of crisps on a night like it was in the 90s and then go play a test match like they've had it all however they wanted it and whatever they want to do whereas now it's you're in a pandemic and you've got to stay in your own four walls I won't be able to do it. I know that for sure. So I think players are absolutely entitled to their own decisions and it's their mental health at the end of the day. I don't think anyone else can comment on someone's mental health because it's not their brain. It's not their mind. They're not going through it. And what gives them yeah. the right to say, oh, I don't think that's right or wrong. Well, step foot in my mind, mate. See how see how, see how you fend <laughs> yeah. then. See how you feel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were talking, weren't we, before before we started recording the podcast about uh, somebody that you admire uh, from the Spinners Union, Mr. Adam Zampa, um, and you were discussing, can you just, uh, I don't know this because I haven't actually seen it, but you were talking me through some of the battles that he's facing at the moment, um, who is another um, cricketer who's playing in the IPL. Can you just give uh, the listeners an update on what that situation is? Yeah, so Adam Zampa's playing for the RCB which is the Royal Challengers Bangalore in the IPL, which is, by anyone who doesn't know, probably the most prestigious franchise that there is, the most expensive franchise, and it's been going the longest and it's probably the best. And he probably gets paid an absolute wedge for doing it. And he's stepped back and said he's going to he's gonna concentrate on his mental well-being and his mental health rather than money because obviously he gets paid a lot and he could easily stay there for the duration, pick up his hundreds of thousands, be unhappy and leave. And at the moment he's not playing and he's finding it very hard when he's just going to training, he's not getting a look in and he's got little motivation because there's not you don't have a life outside of cricket. So if everything you've got is just a bit of training and you're not getting a look in, so as we know, you're not getting the first grade of training that you probably would get if you were if you were Virat Kohli and you're playing every week and he's he's obviously just said with the borders closing in Australia or potentially he said well I'm going home you keep your money I'm off and I think it's great because he's a spinner a leg spinner and if you watch the test you can kind of get to know a bit of his character he needs his outside life from from looking on from the outside he needs his outside life to make his career tick and enjoy his cricket and if he doesn't have that and he's just sitting in his room and not enjoying his life then 
then what's the point of playing? You need to, you need your priorities sorted. Yeah, no, no, you, you bang on. He, from 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 watching the test on on Amazon Prime, you can get a kind of an insight into his character, and you can see from that little coffee machine that he. Uh, that he used to drink out of, that he did very much a free-spirited kind of character. Um, and I know you admire him, but he, he, I'd probably say he's kind of a, a similar kind of um, fellow to yourself, Twiggy. Um, it's quite an admirable decision um, that he's made to put, obviously, his own mental health before his wealth. Um, not trying to uh, rhyme there. Um, but, yeah, and I think, well, I, th- I think with the the long winter coming towards coming towards its end and uh, there's been a lot of England players that have, that have spent a lot of time in bubbles across the winter I think this is going to happen more and more isn't it like these players you know although they're being paid a lot of money to play in this competition it it, it sounds as if it, it's also taken its toll isn't it it sounds as if it's taken its toll um, mm. what I was discussing before about I mean England's rest and rotation policy was criticised heavily by members of the media during the um, recent test series with India, um, not selecting somebody like a Johnny Bairstow to play in India when he's so experienced in those conditions, uh, received a lot of criticism. Um, I would say potentially unfair criticism. Um, I think until you, like, we don't know, do we? We don't know how, how each individual player is affected by the bubble. Now, Johnny Bairstow may have felt as though I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. But at the same time, the selectors and the head coach or whoever makes these decisions, they are responsible for the individual players' welfare and, and their well-being, aren't they? Mm. And, you know, that must be the number one priority because it's a long summer um, and it's a long summer and it's a long year and there's a lot of cricket and there is a lot of schedules and there is going to be a lot of being in bubbles. And these, these people have families, don't they? These people have families. Yeah, definitely. And... With with the England with the England thing in India and Sri Lanka, like if I wouldn't even have known that they were doing a rotation policy. Do you know what I mean? Like these, it's not like they're bringing in everyone. Like the people, like long shots. That it's like, oh, half our players need a rest. Let's call Ollie Westbury into open the batting. Like they're not doing that. They're still getting players who have played before, and that need to be tried and tested in them conditions. And, and yeah. I think yeah, no. I think it was fine. It was obviously everyone kicked up a fuss about Mo, which they always do because it's Mo and Ali, and it's just a, seems a scapegoat to the media. But I can guarantee, re- vaguely knowing Mo's character, he's not giving he's not giving a shit what anyone's saying or what they're thinking about him. He's doing what he thinks best for himself and the team. Yeah, I, I mean. I couldn't help but feel a little bit sorry for Mo. It felt like he got sold that sold down the river a little bit, didn't he? By I think to be fair, I think it was just a slip of a t- slip of the tongue in an interview, um, because they made it out as if he'd chosen to go home when they'd asked him to stay. When I think it was already it was always, pre-arranged that he planned, was always yeah. going to be going home. Uh, obviously, is, I think the media, the they, media they jumped on that one. Yeah, and, it's vilifying people, which yeah. they've done since the dawn of time. That's what the free media does. <laughs> Let's not make it political then. Um, but, I mean, Joffrey Archer and Ben Stokes have both been quoted um, about saying that you don't know what it's like in a bubble until you've actually been in one. And you see a lot of these videos on um, on social media. I know you're not big on it at the moment, but um, they're, they're all playing Call of Duty because they've got nothing else to do. 
they take these suitcases away with them and they play Call of Duty on their Xboxes or whatever on their tellies in their hotel rooms because they've literally got nothing else to do. It's not like you can go out, go down, and have a coffee, and yeah, yeah. go and have a walk around and see and see what's about. They're literally stuck in four walls of a hotel room twenty four hours a day, apart from when they are training or playing, yeah, or traveling. And that's like that's the beauty of touring. I found like yeah, the cricket's fine, yeah. but you do that day in day out. That's just work. The beauty of touring is you're seeing different cultures, you're experiencing different foods, languages, people, and that's that's what you remember. Like I've been to India and I don't remember I don't remember any of the balls that I bowled or faced. Like I, I but I remember like Mumbai as a city, Baroda as a like a state and or a city and it was just like amazing. And you never forget What were the beers like in Mumbai? Yeah, decent Kingfisher. Nice. All right. Okay. Nice. But then you remember most meals you eat and and the good times that you had, and that's what touring's about. As well as obviously playing the cricket is what you're there for. But yeah. if if you want there to experience the culture, you do it in. You just invite someone around your backyard and play it there. If you don't want anything different, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the IPL. I mean, at the moment. As, as the, at the time of recording this, India is producing uh, a world record of number of cases uh, COVID-related um, every day. Uh, there are arguments from some corners that that actually that they should pull the pin on the tournament, and then there's other arguments that suggest that it's so good for country, for the nation's morale in India because of obviously how much they love cricket over there that that it should continue. I mean. I don't know. I mean, we're really minions in the tiny thing, and our opinion doesn't really mean anything. But nevertheless, I'm going to ask you for what you think is potentially the appropriate choice of action in this time. Well, I just, I just think you probably should just postpone it. Like the Olympics has been postponed. Bigger events in the IPL in in, in the world have been stopped and postponed for the health, the global health. So I don't understand. And I don't. I can see. I can obviously see that the IPL in India is a big thing and it's great. But as soon as you can get fans there, they'll they'll, they'll flock in eighty thousand, and then yeah. there'll be a case again. So if you just call it off and say we're not going to do the IPL until we get our cases down, cases will go down. Like Ashwin's gone home. Yeah. Ashwin's gone home and said, "I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay at home." That's leading by example, I think. Yeah, no, no, he does, he does, he and does he's do that. Borderline politician, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is a tough one. I mean, I won't lie and say that Premier League football being on in the last pandemic, in in the last lockdown, not pandemic, we're still in that. In the last lockdown, didn't help um, get through the days and get through the weekends. It gave you something to. It certainly boosted my morale watching. I mean, although my football team were absolutely pants, it certainly like lifted morale. Having something to focus on um, when there was no sport in the first lockdown, I, I, I did find I found it quite difficult. Um, yeah. In terms of ha- having nothing to, to to kind of look forward to, but I mean, yeah, it's a really difficult one. I wouldn't want to be the people who have to make that decision. Um, I think we're going to start to see more people leaving. Did you say? Uh, I think you mentioned to me that is it Andrew Ty yeah. and somebody else Kim left. Richardson, they've both left. Right, yeah. Gone back to Australia, and yeah, and it's hard, but it. it I don't know. I, I I've read that a few Indian broadcasting 
companies have boycotted it and just said we're not doing it because it's just crass and gross that they're still doing that when the country around you is falling apart, apart yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah and I, yeah i just think if it got that if it was that bad in not in any other country it's not like it's not india's fault that coronavirus is bad there but if it was in england for example and premier league would get cancelled if that was the thing yeah for three hundred fifty thousand cases a day, I would, I would, I would assume that it would and be on standstill. Yeah. Even though the Premier League earns more money than the IPL, I would say at least it'll take a little bit of a. Let's just have a month off. Everyone can, yeah. but it's hard when you've got the overseas players, and but then the IPL could be strictly IPL and it'd still be good. Strictly Indian mm. players, it'd still be probably one of the best competitions still because they're some of the best players in the world. Yeah, and you don't yeah. have to fly anyone unless you want it to stay there. Yeah, I mean, I suppose all these players as well that are in this these bubbles will be, will their minds be on the job potentially if they're thinking about I don't know some member of their family's got COVID and they're stuck in a biosecure bubble and they, I mean, I don't know what the situation is in India. I don't know whether they're like nationally locked down. I know that they have been. Well, they, it's been quite I a political scene had because they've been protesting. So much of a they? lockdown, but it's hard when. When a, a huge, popu- you've been, huge so, population so you've is living been, so you know. in, in poverty, you, yeah. your lockdown's quite a privilege as it is. For mm. in general, as a as a rule, as a word, it's a privilege because some people can't afford to stay at home. They're not going to get that support. They do, some people don't have a bloody home, you know. Yeah, no. Well, obviously, like I say, you've been to 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 somewhere like Mumbai, so I haven't actually been to India before, so you would know what it's actually like out there. Yeah, and it's difficult. And a lockdown, obviously, from where I was, would never work because they're not working to earn money and buy cars. They're just working to survive and feed themselves Yeah, in some places. And, yeah, and, and, that's and that makes it all the more devastating, really, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, unfortunately... With regards to biosecure bubbles and COVID in India and the IPL, um, it's 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 not great at the moment. Um, sadly, um, something that uh, something that has been talked about also is that England go to Australia later on in the year, and there is the potential uh, that they are going to rest and rotate players for the Ashes. That has also drawn criticism. Um, as an England fan, you do want to see the best England team playing as many games as possible but I know we've talked about it before Do you, does an Ashes series change that Twig? I don't know I don't know maybe, maybe it does but at the same time if you, you've got to have a lot more I just think in general and especially in these times a lot more sympathy for the players and if it comes to a point where you could get one more game out of a player pushing them to their absolute maximum, but then they're probably going to go home because they're fatigued. Or you rotate them for a game, treat them with respect and a bit of sympathy and how they want to be treated, and then they'll stay the series. Would you, You'd rather have that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I th- it depends how they're going to manage them throughout the summer, isn't it? I mean, personally, I, personally, I feel that the rest and rotation policy should probably be done with be in the summer in the test series that are happening now. I mean, we've got a lot of games this year. I think it's 
think this in the calendar year there's like 15 test matches which is an awful lot um but but in my view that they should try to get the rest and rotation policy around so that as many people can play as many that your best 11 can try to play as many of that test series as they can i mean if they are if they are fatigued and if they are struggling in the biosecure bubbles or if they think they've spent too much time in there in the year and they want to spend some more time with their families then i 100 yeah, exactly. percent understand that would, and would be for it would anyone complain if you are physically fatigued right so you've just been doing too much and you're physically fatigued and then everyone else is physically fatigued and you had a rest and rotation policy, which happens. Like Dylan Pennington played two games, gets rested because he's probably fatigued and he needs a break. It's not never an issue when it's physical, but when it's a mental thing, yeah. if, you're just, if you're coming back from being in lockdown, it's like you're being injured because you're mentally not concentrating every day to the ability of an elite athlete and then you come back and play a test match and and no matter how well you do it's obviously i don't know but four day cricket for us is draining and you want to rest and rotate to keep yourself fresh mentally that's an issue physically it's not and that's yeah. and that's the problem and that's where the stigma still lies that yeah yeah everyone bangs on that yeah, you've got to be mentally prepared. Cricket's a mental game, for example, or most sports are mental games. But if you want to rest because you're mentally fatigued, just toughen up, mate. Toughen up. And that that should be right. You won't be like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, just toughen up, mate. Just have do a stress fracture. It's fine. Like no one, would, no one would say that. And it, it, you, you ha your hamstrings falling off. Yeah, it's like hamstrings. Yeah, just there's up. only Steve Rhodes that I know that have played with a broken hamstring. So. <laughs> And it, it, it yeah. doesn't get the same yeah, no. level of respect as what it... it's it, it it's because it's not something that you can actually monitor because it's not tangible. I'm not sure if that's the correct word or not, but it's it's difficult to monitor, even though it's just as serious, if not even more serious. Well, yeah, um, definitely. But then that's where the trust has got to come in. That no one wants, like, no one when they're a full capacity of their mental health and their feeling good. No one wants to take days off. No one wants to rest at that level. But if you're that fatigued that the thought of playing, if you're mentally that fatigued that the thought of playing is getting you down and giving you anxiety or anything along those lines, then you should it should be a free space to speak about that and that should be respected as much as my calves are falling off, I can't walk. And... Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't seem to be because it's just that classic. Yeah, some people will go. For example, when <clears throat> Matt Wood couldn't play two games in a row, when he was when he was yeah. a young when he was younger, some people yeah would be like oh classic, but they're just bandwagon you know keyboard warriors. But it'd never blow up. It'd never be in the media. It'd never really be a thing. It'd just be a couple of tweets here and there, and everyone would get over it because oh his body will break. What about your mind breaking? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's way more important, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think you're. I, I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, to be honest, Twig. I think that brings us to um, a really nice um, conclusion to uh, obviously our discussion on the uh, on the biosecure bubbles. I think we've covered that pretty well. Um, and and yeah, and and I think I think it probably fits in well to moving on to something else. Um, talking about minds and minds breaking. Um, something that came out in the media quite recently is that the, 
the Premier League, and I'm and I'm reading this now, is but the Premier League is considering a formalised process to ensure released academy players receive well-being and mental health support. <clears throat> and now, what's what's what sometimes sometimes is a little frustrating about that is like the Premier League is considering. Um, really sure the Premier League should be considering it. I think it should be one of those things that's pretty much a non-negotiable, really. Um, but nevertheless, this is progress. Um, we have talked before, haven't we, about um, uh, an article that, that I put in our podcast group chat uh, from Max Noble. Um, this was actually before this article came out, actually, that um, I thought was really interesting yeah. um, about his experience in Premier League football and, and, and being released and what happened to him um, during that period um, he yeah he, he was a footballer that felt like a felt he, I can remember him saying he felt like a failure um, and he was having various injections into his knees and they and they just let him go I think with with, with regards to football you know, I was having a look at some stats um, so don't quote me on these stats but this is just what you can find on the internet and something suggested from a Dr. David Blacklog found that 55% um, of professional footballers um, suffer from psychological distress 21 days after being released. And the fact that they are only, you know, just now looking at considering mental health and well-being treatment is a bit of a sorry story. Yeah. Hundred percent, and that's interesting. Twenty-one days. It's obviously that. That I don't know what you were like when you got released, but mine was definitely a lot later. I was quite happy at first. I was thinking, Christ, that what a relief. And then probably about three to four weeks in, I was a bit like, "What am I gonna do?" Kind of thing. Um, what What am I gonna do? You know, what What have I become as such as a player? Am I crap? That all them kind of negative thoughts. Um, yeah, and yeah, that is really interesting. That it's twenty one days, um, but back to the, you know, back to the football, the Premier League. It shouldn't even be negotiable. Like it shouldn't even be a negotiable. That no. that that is, should be just cold hard written into your contract that, for a minimum of a year after you get released, you have mental health support. Whether you, whether you need, you need it, it. Or you might not. not need it. But everyone needs it. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's got a brain. Everyone needs someone to bounce off and to talk to. And even if it's just to steer you in the right direction or consolidate your own opinions or ideas, then I think that's yeah. I think that's so healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that actually it's the Premier League that's looking into this. Now, it, it, that surprises me because I would have thought this would, like similarly for us, like... I would have thought it'd be the PFA's um, kind of responsibility, similarly to the PCA yeah. kind of look after us and we're involved in our aftercare process. I don't know how big of a role the PFA actually has in terms of, yeah, like the ECB is like the Premier League, if that makes sense, and then the PCA is the PFA. Yeah. I don't know how how much of an actual role that the PFA have as a governing body, but I think yeah. as a Premier League... I think the Premier League now goes down to League Two, doesn't it? As in, that's what it'll cover. It covers English football leagues as well. Not sure. Not, I'm not sure. But to be honest, if it doesn't, then that's that's shocking too, because then it should be a nationwide um, thing. If you play in the in the leagues up until you're professional, which yeah. is League Two, 
then you, yeah. you should be covered. And I don't think, let's be honest, it's not going to set them, set them back financially because I think they're probably all no. doing all no, right. I think that, yeah, I think that's part part of the thing, part, part of the problem, isn't it? It's it's almost like this is not something that's going to impact on these multi-million pound companies not as all. a business all that much by providing how many players they're going to maybe release each year. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but providing them with some mental health support just to help them get through. I mean, what it actually says in the article, um, I've written down some quotes from it, but at the moment it's mandatory under the Premier League regulations that clubs provide a transition strategy. However, they're not obliged at this current and present moment to provide any mental health or well-being support. So I don't know what those transition strategies um actually in place obviously I'm, I'm not a footballer i wish i was but i'm not a footballer um, yeah, yeah yeah but i think we just but yeah it's from just a... our, our own experience that the pca are great they they're there to support you if you need it your personal welfare and i've never had anyone an officer that's not linty and she's fantastic and i assume that everyone else is exactly the same that yeah I spoke to her once once a week. Like I spoke to her more than I spoke to my mum half the time. Like once a week yeah. when oh. I got released. And if if that's that's that should just be the bare minimum. Yeah. And if we needed that support, we could get it easy by speak by literally we speaking to someone once a week anyway. So we're going to get that regular contact time, and it's easier to speak when you're when you're literally doing it regularly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she was fantastic, really, wasn't she, Lindsay? Um, just having that person that you can talk to that kind of understands the situation that you and the, 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 what you're going through, um, because obviously she's witnessed it so many times before with the experience that she has um, within the game. But I mean, it was interesting actually talking about uh, from what Callum said on the last episode of the podcast that he actually felt that. The, the support system had bypassed him because obviously he wasn't a professional, which is something that's, you know, in some of these lads that might be released might not actually be no. professional players. They might not have contracts. So it's important to actually recognise that, that, you know, the support system doesn't bypass those because obviously that's what, that's, that's what inspired Cal to, to set up the charity sport in Minds UK. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and, and if you've got a full-time psychologist at a club, which our, our psychologist wasn't full-time, she was good, but she wasn't full-time. And I we never had a full-time psychologist. It'd be days, days in, days out. Um, if you've got a full-time psychologist at the club, that, in my opinion, should be part of their job role, the support of academy players post-release, yeah. post even if it's one session a week, one hour a week. I don't think that's I don't think that's too much to ask, and they should be getting paid. They should be getting paid enough for that to cover that, and it should be a full time role yeah. on on a twelve monthly contract. I think, and yeah, no. when it comes to the Premier League, it's different because when it comes to cricket, you've got money to money issues, which obviously are more prevalent because they're not as rich. But when it comes to the Premier League, you can employ free free psychologist right now and you wouldn't even know the money's gone wouldn't even touch the sides would no, it no you'd probably lose more money like you'd lose more money picking up the money that you've dropped yeah yeah no no you, you 
you bang on and it's you know it, it, these conversations are healthy aren't they it's a healthy it's a healthy news article to read that these are being considered it, it shows that you know the governing bodies and whoever that make these important decisions are well aware of the problems that are facing you know um young athletes at the moment um so it is good that these healthy conversations are happening and these and, and, and hopefully that there's there's some real progress um which which is great um which is great really but i mean i just can't help but think that that off being these clubs should be obliged to offer mental health and well-being support already and it shouldn't be something that's being considered it should just be it should be done um but but yeah um no i think that yeah you're right it's a fundamental thing that should be there whenever you sign as an academy player or even if you're younger, there should be a direct access. Like everyone knows where a fire exit is when you go into a building. Everyone should know where they need to contact if they're struggling. Like you'd know where the physio room is if you're struggling physically, and everyone will know that from yeah. age nine. Like these kids would know what a physiotherapist is. I couldn't like I still can't even spell it now, but they'd know. And it's like you should yeah. know where your psychologist is and how to contact them. Yeah. Yeah, you bang on, you bang on. Thanks. <clears throat> I think I think we've um, I think we've uh, droned on enough for one day. Yeah. Um, to a year. I know that we've got uh, we've got um, places to be and people to see. Um, so we will um, wrap it up, wrap the podcast up there. Just before we go, um, something that obviously um, I have been doing um for a while is um, a at the end of each podcast, um, I have been recommending um, some listening um, of some description or something to watch or, you know, um, various um, things um, for people to do. And a former cricketer, Fabian Cowdery, um, has a podcast called Between the Ears and it's a mental health, uh, it's about mental health in sport. And I think that uh, any any people that listen to this podcast that would... Um, like to have more listening, listen to more content, listening to more dialogue about mental health and how people may may or may not be coping in these uncertain, unprecedented times. Um, I think it's definitely worth a listen. Um, so um, please give it a listen yeah, if you can nice. and if you want to. If you don't, then 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 no dramas at all. Guys, uh, for anyone listening, thank you for, for, for listening to us. Uh, we will be back soon with another episode of the podcast. Hopefully soon we will be able to bring you some guests uh, and some really unique insight into the life of professional sportsmen. We are working on that at, at present, so hopefully we will be able to do that soon. But for now, that's all from us. Um, I hope to catch you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye.